0: week's atlanta
1: but again it's you want you want to see more about urn this, this time it was yeah you know what i'm saying but
0: we
1: back but still back. though it seemed like it was we like something that was we're back like uh twilight
0: phone. zone but with urn
1: yeah but i was thinking too i'm like well i wonder why did they the do take his phone because they was bagging on him in the beginning
0: whose socks
1: yeah because remember they was talking about
0: he's super untrustworthy
1: well now he is
0: Socks, I never liked him. I hated when they were hanging out with him.
1: I just want to know why did he do it?
0: Why did he do it?
1: Mm,
0: we gotta see. We gotta see. I don't know what's going on this season. Things are things have gone off the rails. I have no clue it's what's different. happening.
1: Just the last season, right? Is it? I think so. He said that. I think I've heard that. Dong lover said that. Yeah, I mean, but maybe it's time. I you don't know, think so. All them guys are doing. It. Yeah, they're all blowing up. Yeah, they passed elena right now the FX, hell yeah. Hell they, yeah they passed that
0: paperboy's a movie star mm-hmm. he was in godzilla Kong
1: mm-hmm. and the eternals and the fucking eternal which is bread and paperboy
0: <laughs> he was like a you know a character actor before that and now he's huge yeah. and darius he should have been huge you before that if here. he wasn't already
1: yeah no he was definitely getting those b-movie kind of that's Rose. the
0: thing. If you, like, associate with Donald Glover, I think you, you get fast past because the guy's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that hero, Murai, the 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 director of all of them. Mm-hmm. Oof. That guy's great. Did you
1: see that other movie with LaKeith Airfield and Andrews Albated the Netflix? The Western? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I finally watched that based off did your... You, did you like it? Loved it. Really? Loved it. I love Western. Well,
1: right? the... the, the... The actor was fine. It's just my whole thing. It's like, man, I wish I would have spent a little bit more on the visuals.
0: That's true. I
1: thought the best visual was the beginning. Yeah, that's where they blew their wad. Everything with Latif in it had the best visuals,
0: and he really showed a whole different side of himself too. Yeah,
1: good. That was good. Some good shit. He's great. Again, no man, I just wish, man, because with the westerns, man, I need my visuals.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's like, it's old yeah. time, so it's yeah. not like you need to build robots or no, anything out of CG, bro. so.
1: But it looked like they was in a studio.
0: I know, that sucks. I do hate when you can tell it's green screen. Yeah. That's my problem with the Tim Burton Batmans, As mm-hmm. you can tell it's just all on a sound stage. It's like I'm watching a play instead of a movie.
1: Yeah. Man, Joe. but filming actually in Chicago downtown, dude, that's just tight. For the Dark Knight yeah. ones, yeah. yeah. For the
0: Christopher Nolan's, yeah. yeah and they tried to hide it by apparently they tried saying it was a movie called Rory's first kiss like for the production so that you know people wouldn't come oh, to the movie yeah, set oh yeah yeah that's why cuz if it said dark Knight, people i would have like, been down there yep exactly <laughs> but everything that they were getting from local businesses like all the printing stuff was all like gotham pd for the helicopters mm. and shit so that didn't last mm-hmm. too long oh, okay everybody figured out rory's first kiss was actually batman
1: Rory's first kiss. Because Rory's, know, why
0: would Rory's First Kiss need a million Gotham PD posters? Unless, <laughs> you, know, they
1: could, you know, people could be like, well, this might be for down the line. Yeah,
0: sure. Next movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but we pick it up for that for now. I
0: think we, when the Gotham helicopters were flying over, it, they started bro. to figure it out. Oh,
1: yeah, that was it, bro.
0: Were you there for that? Yeah, and you I, had uh,
1: them. Yeah, I think so. Of course I was. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah but you were a little souther, right? Yeah,
1: because they would be downtown. Yeah.
0: They would be in the business yeah. financial district.
1: Yeah, you know what, I wonder what else, I wonder did they do all the film in, in Chicago.
0: Hmm, I don't know.
1: Sometimes, the motherfuckers be. Yeah,
0: Get, that's like where they did the, all the action, and they yeah. picked everything else up in L.A. or something like that, yeah. That yeah. would make sense, mm-hmm. but who knows with Chris Nolan.
1: I think Suits was doing some shit like that. They would be filming in Canada, but. Oh, boy, if they
0: would have held on to Markle, they would have had so much money.
1: Probably, helps. Probably still had a spinoff or some shit. Probably maybe could still be gone.
0: I think Meghan Markle could have had a, a real career if she didn't decide mm-hmm. to be a duchess. Not to mention I thought yeah, she was yeah, like been the been most all. beautiful thing on the fucking planet. Should have been on. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: absolutely Gorgeous. But hey, ain't that every woman's dream to be a fucking princess?
0: To be married to like yeah, queen a and shit? a line of inbreeding that's gone back to the roman empire (laughs) i suppose
1: well just the woman's (laughs) dream is definitely
0: yeah tiaras. yeah you kind of want them a little more genetically sound
1: yeah
0: a little less paper in their Mm. bones if you know what i'm saying hello everybody welcome to another episode of the bumblebutt podcast x the only podcast on the internet that has a blown out voice Mm. that's herschel he texted me this morning at 6 a.m. I'm
1: like, hey, do you want to do it? He was He's like, like yeah, come on.
0: He was like, my voice is blown. I was like, Herschel, I'll break your fucking neck if you don't come here on That's Easter. That's exactly how that shit came. Yep.
1: And then when I came, he had the fucking bunny rabbit in the goddamn closet. That's right. Dead. I'm like, well, let me get out of
0: here. That's shit. right. I had to break some kind of neck, didn't I? I? That, and if it wasn't yours, it was going to be that goddamn chocolate shit and Easter buddy all over my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: me. i do have a bunny here though but it's a cat mm. ducky and bunny y'all put the, y'all dude if the... i could put anything on that cat if mm-hmm. i could get within five feet of that oh, cat yeah. i'd be happy
1: yeah because i tried to reach to it the other day on the couch just... <clears throat>
0: yeah i'm out of here yeah. yep ducky on the other hand will be like can can i go with you yeah. do you want to be my friend forever because mm. he's awesome but bunny is a little bitch mm. We're not here to talk about my cats. No. We're here to talk about... That's Herschel. That's Herschel. That's Adam.
1: <laughs> H-Bob, A-Bob.
0: Nice to see everybody. <laughs> Welcome back on this Easter Sunday. Uh, Herschel, mm-hmm. I bet you didn't know that Australia had its very own house of horrors in the same vein as the West House at 25 Cromwell in Britain. And I
1: didn't
0: know. Or the 213 Oxford Apartments in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. the hunting grounds of Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. Number three, Morehouse Street, Willigie, was the love nest and torture chamber of Australian husband and wife team Catherine and David Burney. Number three, Morehouse, was on the outskirts of Perth in Western Australia. Hmm. It was a dirty, unkempt, two-bedroom bungalow and by far the worst house on the street. (laughs) The only good thing about it was it made all the other neighbors look like they had wonderful mansions.
1: Even if they had crack houses, they'd be like, that's it. I got a, we got a crack house, but that shit is fucked mm-hmm.
0: over here. It looks like Tom Cruise could live in my house mm-hmm. compared to them.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you said it was a house, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. a two-bedroom house. Two bedroom a shitty two-bedroom, yeah. yeah. It was here that they committed all of their atrocities against young women. The Bernies weren't picky when it came to victims, as long as they were female. Hmm. Whenever they felt like killing, they'd drive the highways of Perth looking for hitchhikers. Of course, because the couple looked friendly, the victims never suspected a thing. And at knife point, the young woman would be forced into the vehicle, driven back to number three Morehouse, where they were gagged, chained to the bed, raped, and killed while the couple lived out their sexual fantasies. Mm. The lucky victims got an overdose of sleeping pills before they were strangled, mm-hmm. and the truly unfortunate ones were stabbed or hacked with an axe while conscious in their own shallow graves. That's fucked up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather definitely be asleep if some shit happened to me.
0: Yeah, force that down my throat. Yeah.
1: Please,
0: yeah. Uh, if yeah. you're going to do something to me, yeah. force some sleeping pills down my throat. Yeah. Or just do my dream, my fantasy, if you will, crashing into me from behind with a 747 when I'm not paying attention. Because <laughs> yeah. I think you yeah. wouldn't feel a goddamn yeah. thing no. if you got hit with a 747.
1: Yeah, just head trauma. That shit, you ain't gonna feel nothing. No, you're just asleep. Those, yeah. Whatever they call reach those pay stimulators is gonna be non-existent. Yeah, mm. I'm,
0: a, I'm a smudge on the floor at that mm. point. Mm. On November 5th, 1986, the mm. fourth young woman was reported missing in Perth in 27 days. Mm. This latest one was 21-year-old Denise Karen Brown. Denise. Detective Sergeant Paul Ferguson realized he had a serial killer on his hands. This shit did not happen in Perth. All of the missing women so far had come from good homes, Mm. and it was very unlikely that they were runaways, Mm. as was statistically probable.
1: Right, and this is eighty-six of Australia.
0: Yeah, and all these girls came from, like, foofy homes. Nice, Mm. suburban... Suburban,
1: Yeah, taken care of. Exactly. Ferguson
0: investigated hard, looking for any links or shared exes, shared friends, uh, relatives, or drug no. problems. And nope. All four no, of these no, girls no, were squeaky clean. On, and no it was no, no impossible problems. to victim blame on this one, no. Ursh. We can't victim blame. No, no trials. No, no trials. <laughs> this was going to be a hard one. Mm-hmm. Ferguson's gut instinct was serial killer, one with the power to abduct young women and disappear them Mm -hmm. two of the girls hadn't completely disappeared though they'd made calls and written letters to friends and family after they went missing it was very confusing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: 15 year old Susanna Candy had mailed two letters one from Perth and one from the nearby town of Fremantle in the first two weeks saying she was okay and she was with friends Mm. and she would return home soon Denise Brown had called her best friend the day after her disappearance, saying that everything was copacetic and then nothing after that. This just wasn't adding up.
1: No, that sounds weird. First of all, 15-year-old girl is gone. You don't have the right to do that.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have a coworker who's 17, right? Mm-hmm. He was telling me yesterday, I can't wait to turn 18. I'm going to go on this snowboarding trip in Banff, Canada and all this stuff. He's like, why don't you just like do that now, like on yeah. summer break or winter break yeah. or whatever? He's like, I'm not 18. I was like, well, what does 18 get you? You Can't smoke anymore. You can't drink. You can't rent a car. You can't get a hotel room. What's stopping you? He's like, well, my parents. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. You have to. <sighs> like, once you're 18, you're you're free from that. But it's yeah, like,
1: but it's like you can't ask them, motherfuckers. I mean, I guess I see. I get
0: it. I don't know if my mom would let me go on a snowboarding trip across Canada when I was 17,
1: just by himself,
0: with, with my homies.
1: Yeah, but like like you said, all his homies will have to get clear for that shit too. Yeah, that's true. And what are the chances they are gonna get clear for
0: it? It really made me think that I haven't had to worry about age in quite a long time. Yeah,
1: you can just get up and go. Yeah, just do whatever.
0: It's pretty good. It is. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I can have ice cream for breakfast. And that's the question I
1: always ask myself: Would you rather be just work, like you know how we doing nine to fives? Of course, something else. We make it big doing this. Or would you rather just be back in school and don't have to pay rent and
0: I think I'd rather struggle.
1: Me too, bro, yeah. because...
0: Because <sighs> it feels good to overcome struggle. some, do. And also, you can have ice cream for breakfast if you want oh, to. Oh, yeah, you can do the fuck you want. Do whatever. Yeah. yeah. Can I can late. completely nosedive my whole life if I want to.
1: Actually, that's one thing we probably don't do that we can do. Stay up late. Dude,
0: I'm in bed by 10 o'clock. Yeah. It is as is, is often as I mm-hmm. can. Last mm-hmm. night, I nodded off at like 9.50. Mm-hmm. Woke up on the chair at 11.00 went to bed, and woke up at 7 like an old-ass fucking man. I feel terrible. It's like my one day off, and I wake up at 7 a.m. like a like a loser.
1: The nightly plans, man. You're like, no, I ain't trying to go to the club or nothing. I'm just wanting to go to sleep, uh, watch uh, a movie. Uh,
0: play the video game. Yeah. Just not off. Mm-hmm. Detective Ferguson consulted former criminal investigative bureau chief Bill Nelson, Mm. who couldn't agree harder with his serial killer theory. And if Bill Nelson agreed with you, that means you have the most well-respected officer to ever command CIB on your side. Mm. Bill had been the officer in charge of bringing down Perth serial killer Edgar Cook, the mild-mannered truck driver that killed six confirmed plus two others unconfirmed. Mm. And Bill was there when Cook swung from the gallows at Fremantle Prison in 1964. On November 10th, 1986, five days after the disappearance of Denise Brown, Ferguson got a break while he was out chasing down leads over the two-way radio. The dispatcher was saying a half-naked young lady was seen running through a shopping center in Willoughby, Mm. She'd been picked up by police and was at the station. Okay. Ferguson's first thought was that Denise Brown had turned up, so he beat Cheeks back to Willoughby. Instead, Ooh, they showed up to a 16-year-old girl who had the craziest of stories for them. She said the night before, she'd been kidnapped at knife point, and it was a man and woman team. They stopped her to ask for directions as she was walking to her house in the trendy little town of Nedlands.
1: Mm-hmm. So they probably was rolling through, like, the blocks or something this mm-hmm. time? Hunting. <laughs> Anybody pull up to me Well, pretty preach, like you said, they're suburbs. Dude, no. Don't come up and talk to me. I'm already (sighs) suspicious.
0: I know. I am, too. But it's different for me because I'm not a small girl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, what are you really going to do?
1: I mean, they could definitely pump you well or something. Do
0: it. Shoot me up. Do whatever you want. But, like, a little girl, it makes way more. Or a woman of any kind. I mean (laughs) it. I don't even think that's misogynist. (laughs) Yeah, we... Girls need to be fucking careful. (laughs) The girl was taken to a house in Willoughby, where the couple ripped her clothes off and chained her to the bed by her hands and feet. The man repeatedly raped her while the woman watched. At one point, there was talk of injecting the head of the man's penis with cocaine. Damn. The next morning, the man had to go off to work, and the woman unchained the girl and forced her to call her parents to let them know she was spending a few nights with a friend. While doing this, the girl spied the number to the phone she was using and filed it away in her memory. Mm. Someone then knocked on the front door, presumably the cocaine dealer, and when the woman went to answer it, the girl jumped out of the window and hit the ground running. She was able to give a full description, address, and phone number to the police.
1: That's pretty decent. I wonder how high up was that... um... Second story. Damn! Yep. Well, not too... I mean, but dude...
0: It's like nine feet or something.
1: I'll take that L too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I like, ah, I'll go. That's a and drop. Dude, that's a drop, bro.
0: Unless you're like, get yeah, on the yeah, windowsill, yeah, hanging, hang, and then you so drop like three feet.
1: That's still it. I mean, I'm, I am
0: I can feel my ACLs breaking yeah, like, just thinking about it. Exactly, bro. <laughs> I'm not no athlete. I ain't no Navy SEAL. Okay, but she's 15, 16. She's got green bones yeah. and is terrified and yeah, full of adrenaline.
1: Adrenaline, yeah.
0: Obviously, when the girl got to the part in the story about calling her parents, that tripped Ferguson to connect it with the other missing girls that had contact mm-hmm. friends and family in one way or the other. Also, they knew that since the couple weren't concerned with hiding their faces or address, the teen was certainly marked for death when they were done with her. Yeah, absolutely. The girl led a strike team of armed detectives to the disheveled number three house, but no one was home. They waited in a white work van until a very nervous Catherine Burney pulled up. When they hopped out and arrested her, she quickly told police where they could find her husband. <laughs> Minutes is... later, another strike team hit David Burney at the spare parts junkyard he worked at. So, you know, like, uh, you pull our parts yeah. or whatever. My dad should probably have a membership card down there, honestly. <laughs> yeah, don't get him, Fucking punch they, card.
1: Yeah, they getting away with murder down there. Well, so is right. he.
0: Because yeah, they, you they have, the quote-unquote, toolbox parts. Yeah, you get other shit. <laughs> I need this little emblem yeah. Everybody win. That's oh, why yeah. they don't
1: trip on the world. Yeah.
0: That's why it's, well, $13 for this big part, I guess that's fine. Because I've got $20 worth of other parts in mm. my bag here. The Bernies heavily denied the allegations. They claimed they did have sex with the girl, but it was consensual and she was a willing participant in their games. David said she originally came over for a quick bong of marijuana, Mm. and things got hot and heavy from there. Mm. A search of the property found the girl's bag and a pack of cigarettes she'd hidden in the ceiling to prove she was there, but none of that proved the girl was raped and nothing connected it to the other missing girls. The only way forward for Ferguson was to get a confession. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, none of this would get fixed, and the Bernies could walk right back mm-hmm. up the so door the get back to business.
1: So they, don't, they, they wouldn't even believe you over the rape, I guess? Right now, raped. it's your word against he hers. Yep. fucked up, so he mm-hmm. get raped, and I say I didn't do it. He... I think that's this... true
0: here, too. Isn't that this... that Brock Turner? The kid that raped a girl outside the dumpster and got away with it because the judge didn't want to ruin his life or whatever?
1: You keep going, bro.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah? Keep going, my nigga. David and Catherine were absolutely held to the fire during interrogation, separately, and it would be David that cracked first. Mm-hmm. Just after 7 p.m. that night, Detective Kadich, who was sitting in on the interrogation, said half-jokingly, All right, it's getting late. How about I go grab the shovels and we'll dig these girls up together? <laughs> That's not a very good Australian
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try
0: that again. Alright, it's getting late. How about I go grab the shovels and we'll dig these girls up together. That was better to... Just... <laughs> to both his and Ferguson's surprise, David sleepily rubbed his face and said, Okay, there's four of them. Mm. Upon hearing her husband had caved in the next room over, Catherine opened her own prison hole and started spewing facts. Mm. They agreed to take police to the site they were using as a graveyard in a pine forest not far from the city.
1: Damn, this shit was easy.
0: Easy. David was calm and chatty during the drive. This was clearly healing for him. To detectives, it was plain that his crimes were a burden on his conscience, and being in custody and talking was cathartic. The convoy rolled along Wanneroo Road and through dense pine forests. David was so relaxed and deep in conversation with a detective, he didn't realize they'd already passed the graveyard, and everyone had to turn it around. (laughs) I like to imagine it's the scene from, uh, Generation Kill. kill. Yeah, there you go. Where they all have to turn around on the bridge when they're getting shot at.
1: <laughs> turn around! <laughs> You're about to get fucked up.
0: Squinting into the darkness outside the window, David recognized the dirt trail off the main road which led into the Nangara Pine Plantation. Now, plantation doesn't mean what it means mm. in Australia, okay? There's not a deep rooted history of yeah, slavery go there.
1: <laughs> on that. It
0: is four. They have a hardwood. In a softwood renewable, what is it called? Initiative over there, okay. So they have these gigantic, spread out plots of land that are just for growing softwood trees and just mm. for growing hardwood trees, and they're called the like the plantation initiative or mm. something like that. Yeah, that's, that's just for has a... nothing to do with a white man drinking sweet tea on a porch.
1: <laughs> Fresh air, or that's just for. A... For the environment. Paper, okay. Yeah, for the paper, like yeah. for whatever they need, building okay, paper. Whatever.
0: That way they can have a renewable, giant source like, of you know, trees. Like, yeah,
1: fresh air or something? Yeah, of just course like, we need paper. that oxygen. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, it's certainly for that, air too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 400 yards into the forest, Bernie halted the convoy and pointed to a mount of sand, simply saying, dig there. Within a matter of minutes, Denise Karen Brown was unearthed five days after going missing on November 5th. Yeah. With an officer stationed at the grave, Bernie led the detectives onwards. Mm. The next one was a half-hour's walk down a dirt road, probably ten minutes in the daytime, but this is pitch black out here and they're worried about prairie dog holes and stuff. Mm. So about a half-hour down the road was Glen Eagle Picnic Area. Forty feet up an incline from the trail, police discovered the badly decomposed remains of 22-year-old Mary Nielsen, who'd been missing a month and four days, having disappeared October 6th. Another half-hour's walk down the road, and David pointed to the burial mound of 15-year-old Susanna Candy, who'd been missing since October 19th. Mm. Neither Catherine nor David showed any shame during this process. It was like a sightseeing tour for them. In fact, Catherine insisted on leading the convoy to the next grave, where 31-year-old Nolene Patterson had lay decomposing since October 30 Like
1: having fun or some shit. Like, I got the next one.
0: Catherine kept repeating that she never liked Nolene, not from the very first moment they'd abducted her, and she was over-the-moon happy that she was dead. Catherine was very proud of herself for being able to find the grave unassisted, and when they got to it, she spat on it. As the group walked back to the vehicles, Ferguson knew that if the teen hadn't escaped to the shopping center, this would have kept going on indefinitely, Mm -hmm. and there would have been who knows how many more stops on this tour. Luckily, it was just four. Police and psychologists alike assessed right away that Catherine Burney could not have killed on her own. She wasn't Mm -hmm. wired that way, but the quiet mother of six was completely obsessed with David and would do anything to please him. Mm -hmm. David, on the other hand, wasn't particularly loyal to anyone, and had lived his entire life so far in and out of prisons and hospitals. He was always going to end up a lifer in prison for something, but no one would have guessed it would be this crazy. David John Burney was the firstborn of six children. Margaret and John Burney, his parents, were pretty terrible, and they suffered from crippling alcoholism. As such, the kids were often taken away by the authorities to stay in various institutions. That sucks. I guess uh, Margaret and John got their comeuppance if you're heartless enough to laugh at someone else's pain. At the time of the murders, Mama Margaret was living in absolute squalor. Her studio apartment was covered in rotting food, Damn. dirty dishes, broken furniture, and general dust. She hadn't seen her eldest in over a decade.
1: How can you even see General Dust behind all the rest of that <laughs> shit? <laughs> like I can...
0: He's right behind Admiral Dirt. Daddy John died of a terrible illness in 1986. They didn't mention if he was able to see aliens or not. <laughs> Catherine and David met as kids. Her family was fucked up, broken, and penniless, just like his. Catherine's mother died when she was just 10 months old. And Catherine was sent to South Africa to live with her father. After two years, her dad had enough of being a dad and bundled her back up for the big continent to be raised by her grandparents. Catherine was a very sad little girl, made even worse by her grandparents not allowing her to play with other kids. She really wanted to know what love was. There are individuals that know just how to fill that love vacuum and that loneliness. They know how to identify it and manipulate it as easy as silly putty in their warm hands. The two were on and off friends their whole childhood, but really united when they were teenagers. In the early 60s, David showed a real aptitude and desire to be an apprentice jockey, but like most interests for him, the flame burned fast and bright.
1: What is an apprentice jockey? Uh,
0: horse racing. Okay. To race so, horses okay. around. Hmm.
1: I guess I never heard the term apprentice in front of that. That's yeah. What yeah, you gotta start you, somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. I guess you just don't start the game. I'm going
0: to the Derby. Yep. Going to the Kentucky Derby yeah. today. He was only there a year, but his trainer looked back saying David had what it took to be a real contender. Mm. He was fired when the news came out that he was a suspect in a bashing and robbery of an elderly boarding house owner. You know, if you remember, Money Mike got fired when uh, news came out that he bashed his infant on the mm, ground.
1: I didn't know that guy, but you told me about yeah. that, dude, and that's sick.
0: Catherine stood by Bernie, as she always would. She adored him, and the two would go on a hell of a crime spree, ending with both of them seeing the inside of a cell. Mm. June eleventh, 1969, David and Catherine pled guilty to 11 counts of breaking and entering and stealing goods worth more than 3000 The court was told that Catherine was pregnant by another man, and David and Catherine admitted mm. to stealing acetylene torches with the purpose of using them on the safe at the Waverly Drive-In Theater. Mm. Catherine got nine months probation. David got nine months in jail. Damn,
1: they try yeah, theaters a... On July 9,
0: 1969, the pair were serving their sentences and were brought again before the judge with eight more counts of breaking and entering with Damn. theft. They pled guilty, and four years were added to Catherine's probation and David's jail sentence. Damn. A little less than a year later, on June 21st, 1970, David broke out of Carnet Prison Farms hit the ground running with Catherine. When they were apprehended on July 10th, their charges were a further 53 counts of breaking and entering, theft, unlawfully on-premises, unlawfully driving vehicles, and unlawfully using vehicles. In their possession, police found a whole wardrobe's department worth of wigs, mustaches, and elaborate disguises, and also 120 detonators, 100 sticks of dynamite, and 3 fuses. Catherine admitted in court to knowing what she was doing was wrong, but she loved David so much that she'd do absolutely anything to see him smile.
1: Mm -hmm, she tried to get off.
0: David was sentenced to two and a half years prison, and Catherine was finally going inside, Mm -hmm. but only for six months. Seems like the ladies always get off easy.
1: Yeah, because she said the right thing. I I couldn't do it. I had to do
0: it. Her newborn, from another man, was taken from her by welfare until her release. When she was sprung, she got a job as a live-in nanny for a family in Fremantle. Mm -hmm. Here, it seems, Catherine found genuine happiness for the first time in her life.
1: You could not in jail.
0: The son of the family she worked for, Donald McLaughlin, fell in love with her, and the two would marry on Catherine's 21st birthday, May 31st, 1972. Mm -hmm. Shortly after the marriage, the first of the couple's five children would plop out. They named the baby Little Donnie after his father, and just seven months later, he would be killed by a car right in front of his mother. The marriage to Donnie wasn't a happy one, made only more difficult by Catherine wanting David more than anyone else in the world. Mm -hmm. No one was surprised when she bailed on the marriage. They were living in Section 8, and Catherine had to look after her unemployed husband Donald, her father, her uncle... And her six total children. Well, five now, because one one got hit by a car. That's fucked up. One day, she just called Donald and said, I've been seeing David for the past two years. I'm done with you, and I'm going back to him. And after 13 years apart, she moved back in with her soulmate. Mm -hmm. And although the two were never married, she legally changed her last name to Bernie and became his common-law wife. Life with David was far from normal. His sexual appetite was insatiable. David's younger brother James lived with the couple for a time after being released from prison James had served five months for indecently touching his six-year-old niece He told a reporter The girl led me on You don't know what they can be like
1: That's a six-year-old?
0: When I got out I had nowhere to go I couldn't go to my mother's because she had a restraining order against me We had a couple fistfights Mom had alcohol problems you see So David and Catherine let me live there I could tell they weren't thrilled
1: no, you touched somebody's...
0: Yeah. Six years. <laughs> Yes. He touched... So it was one of their brother's or sister's kids, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Yes, he didn't get his ass kicked.
0: Led me on.
1: I'm surprised he didn't get his
0: ass kicked. A six-year-old can not lead anybody. You no, know
1: that's what I'm saying? He's six. All they want to do is play with toys.
0: Oh, I feel sick.
1: <laughs> you should. That's sickening.
0: James went on to say his brother had very few friends, loved kinky sex, and had a huge collection of pornos. Mm. He said... He needs sex four to five times a day. I've seen him inject a hypodermic needle filled with Novocaine into his penis. David has many women, always. Mm. The killing started in 1986. David and Catherine had done everything sexual they could imagine and needed some new thrills. Catherine believed him when he said she would come a bucket by watching him penetrate an unwilling victim who was Mm -hmm. bound and gagged. October 6, 1986, they got their first opportunity. 22-year-old Mary Nielsen, a psychology student at University of Western Australia, Mm. approached David at the junkyard asking about some tires for her car. Well, you don't want junkyard tires, which is absolutely true. Mm. So David recommended she come by number three Morehouse Street later and he would hook her up with some gently used rubbers. <laughs> Mary was last seen leaving her part-time restaurant job on October 6th to go to class. Her Mitsubishi Gallant was found six days later in a rarely used parking lot right across the street from police headquarters. As soon as Mary walked through the door at number three, she had a knife on her and was bound, gagged, and then chained to the bed. Catherine watched her husband repeatedly rape Mary, all the while asking him what it was that turned him on so she could be better for him. The couple hadn't yet discussed what to do with the victims once they were finished with them. Obviously, they couldn't go free. They knew their faces, address, names, jobs. Mm -hmm. That night, David and Catherine bound Mary for travel and took her to near the campgrounds in the pine plantation. Mm -hmm. Here, they raped her once again before David tied a nylon cord to a tree and around Mary's neck and pulled slowly. Mary choked to death, then David stabbed her through the body and left her in her shallow grave. He told Catherine on the way home that he read in a book you have to stab them to let out any gases in the decomposition process. Mm. That's not true. He's just a sick fuck.
1: Mm, He just wanted to do that shit.
0: He just wanted to stab somebody, a dead body. Fourteen days later, Beautiful 15-year-old Susanna Candy was abducted while hitchhiking along Sterling Highway in Claremont. She was the top student in her high school, and her dad was hands down the best ophthalmic surgeon in Western Australia. That is a surgeon that deals with eyeball diseases. okay. After she went missing, the Bernies forced her to send letters home to her parents, but still, they knew she was in grave danger. Yeah, yeah. When the Bernies found Susanna, they were frustrated and had been hunting the highway for hours. Within moments of entering the vehicle, she was bound, gagged, and had a knife on her. She was, of course, taken back to number three, chained to the bed, and used. After David finished his flurry of rapes, mm. Catherine crawled into bed with them and cuddled. After a while, David and Catherine had sex in front of her and tied the nylon cord around Susanna's throat. She went into a thrashing, hysterical fit, so David forced sleeping pills down her throat.
1: Mm.
0: When she was out, David slipped the cord around her neck and told Catherine to prove her undying love by killing her. Catherine didn't give it a second thought. Mm-hmm. She tightened the cord slowly until Susanna stopped breathing. They buried her in a grave semi near Mary Nielsen in the state forest slash pine plantation. Mm-hmm. November 1st, they saw 31-year-old Nolene Patterson standing beside her broken-down car. They found out she'd run out of gas on her way home from her job as the bar manager at the Nedlands Golf Club. Mm -hmm. She was very lovable, and all the customers found her polite, charming, and professional. Before this job, she'd been a stewardess for nine years, with the last two as a private-air hostess on corporate fraudster and all-around dickhead Mm -hmm. Alan Bond's jet. Alan Bond pretty famous in australia Mm. well worldwide
1: he he must be rich as fuck
0: spent some time in prison not allowed to do business you know he's a he's a bad boy
1: he's with the white collar crab oh yeah
0: oh yeah nolene never thought twice about hopping in the car with the friendly couple to run up to the gas station exactly the same as the others nolene got a knife to her throat and was bound and gagged and taken back to morehouse where she was chained and raped from the second the couple had laid eyes on Nolene, Catherine hated her, and David was super into her. She was curvy, beautiful, and elegant, everything that the scrawny Catherine wasn't. Yeah. David was spellbound by Nolene's beauty. The plan originally was to kill her the same night, but David Hell kept no. putting it off, keep her which of course sent Catherine Hell through yeah, the roof. Off
1: of the killer's bench.
0: She held a knife to her own heart and threatened to dive on it unless David killed Nolene immediately. He forced a handful of sleeping pills down her throat and strangled her, all while Catherine watched intently.
1: Oh, I thought you said he so did to Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh <laughs> these down your throat, bitch. You had like... to, she had to know that was coming though. If that did happen though.
0: They took the body to their graveyard and Kathy never felt better than when she got to toss dirt on the beautiful woman's face.
1: And that's why she spat on her little
0: bitch. November 5th, they abducted Denise Brown. She was a fun-loving 21-year-old part-time computer operator who shared an apartment with her boyfriend and another couple. Just a bunch of youngsters trying to forge a future for themselves. Mm -hmm. Denise was waiting for a bus outside the Stone Crow Wine House when the Bernies pulled up and offered her a direct ride home instead. At knife point, Denise was taken back to the house for the process we don't need to go over
1: again. Mm -hmm. To the third, yep.
0: The next afternoon, they bound Denise and laid her in the back seat for her final car ride. On the way there, the couple nearly picked up another victim. A 19-year-old student told police after the Bernie's arrest, they'd offered her a ride home and she had recognized them after seeing them in the paper. Mm. Once in the privacy of the Pines, David raped Denise again, but as he was doing it, he stabbed her in the neck. Denise didn't die straight away, so Catherine went and found a larger knife and urged David to try again. He didn't need any prompting, and he plunged the knife right into her neck until she was motionless at their feet. Mm-hmm. They started burying her. She sat straight up in her grave, screaming. David grabbed an axe lying nearby and bashed her with the flat of it. Moments later, she sat up again, and he buried it blade-first in her skull, ensuring she wouldn't sit up again.
1: Mm. That's a resilient-ass bitch.
0: The killing of Denise really did a number on Catherine. She loved the sex games they would play with the victims, and she certainly didn't object to the stabbings and strangulation, but Denise made her realize that uh, Catherine didn't want to do this anymore. Hmm. Psychologists believe that's why she left their last victim untied and unsupervised. Catherine said this later, I knew it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to kill her. I was prepared to give her a chance. I was tired of the killings. I didn't want to see another one done the way he did Denise with the axe. On November 12th, David John Burney and Catherine Margaret Burney stood before the Fremantle Magistrates Court, charged with four counts of willful murder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The public was outraged, and there was the smell of mob justice on the air. Mm -hmm. Everyone entering the building was padded down, and the holding cells leading to the courtroom were heavily guarded. Mm -hmm. Dave and Kathy stood stone-faced as their crimes were read out to them. Neither had a lawyer, and neither were granted bail.
1: Mm.
0: On February 10th, a huge crowd gathered around the courthouse for the first day of trial. They were chanting, String them up! String them up! As David and Catherine were let in. I, what do you expect? Yes, the funny. community's going to be very outraged when you start killing girls.
1: Then i imagine there's not a lot going on.
0: In what I can't imagine. This has got to be the talk of the town. It would be here too, I think. If we had a horror house. <laughs> horror Horror house, not a whore house.
1: This, this is the, the past the 80s, too? Or 86,
0: was, yeah. the same year Aliens yeah. came out.
1: No, nah, maybe not Maybe not here. Definitely. In, in the, in the, you think so? Dahmer
0: got was, national attention.
1: He was eating motherfuckers, though. These were
0: abduct, rape, kill. David pled guilty to all four counts of murder and one count of abduction and rape, thereby sparing the families of the victims the drawn-out pain of a long trial. He said, it's the least I could do. <laughs> Catherine Burney had not been required to plead as her barrister was waiting on a psychiatric report to determine her sanity. She was remanded to appear later that month.
1: So, pretty much, she go get less years.
0: That's, she's waiting on the psych, trying to say insanity. Diminished responsibility.
1: That's probably when it'll happen. We're going my bed. No, I want to pull trap cards.
0: Justice Wallace sentenced David Burney to the maximum sentence of life imprisonment with strict security. He added, The law is not strong enough to express the community's horror at this sadistic killer who tortured, raped, and murdered four women. In my opinion, David John Burney is such a danger to society that he should never be released from prison. Mm -hmm. David stood trembling in the dock as the sentence was passed. His calmness and bravado returned as he was led to the prison van under tight security. Mm -hmm. With the angry mob calling for his blood, David Burney put his hands to his lips and blew them a kiss. (sighs) Found sane enough to plead, Catherine Burney admitted her part in the murders and was sentenced on 3rd March 1987 in the Perth Supreme Court. She stood in the dock holding hands with David Burney, the man who had led her down the path of torture, rape, and murder. Through the day's hearing, they chatted quietly and smiled at each other as the court was told of their 35-day reign of terror. On occasion, she would stroke and pat his arm. A psychiatrist of the court said that Catherine was totally dependent on Bernie mm-hmm. and almost totally vulnerable to his evil influence. Mm-hmm. He said, It's the worst case of personality dependence I have seen in my entire career. Justice Wallace had no hesitation in handing down the exact same sentence yeah. that imposed on David Bernie. He said, In my opinion, you should never be released to be with David Bernie. Mm-hmm. You should never be allowed to see him again. She was taken from the court. Biscarati, mother of six, took one last look at the man who had influenced her life so strongly. In prison, David Burney was repeatedly beaten up and attempted suicide in 87, eventually moved to Fremantle Prison's old death cells for his own protection. So they had outlawed the death penalty years ago.
1: Even in Australia.
0: Yep, but uh, they moved him there for protective custody, basically. In the years to come, the Burneys would rarely be out of the headlines. In their first four years apart, they exchanged 2,600 letters, but they were denied the right to marry, have personal phone calls, or have visits. In 1990, David Burney claimed that the denial of these rights imposed a punishment over and above the decreed law. He said that he and Catherine were suffering physical and mental torture, and that denying them contact with each other was an attempt to drive them into mental breakdown and suicide. In 1992, major crime squad detectives gave David Bernie the rare privilege of a look at the outside world when they drove him around Perth and the suburbs for five hours in the hopes that he may confess to other murders that he could have committed, mm. but nothing came of it.
1: Mm-mm.
0: In 93, Bernie's personal computer was confiscated from a cell in the protection unit at prison when it was found to contain porno He's
1: up
0: oh yeah on January 22nd 2000 Catherine Burney's first husband and the father of her six children Donald McLaughlin passed away suddenly in the western Australian county town of Bustleton. he was 59 Catherine Burney made an application to attend her former husband's funeral was denied
1: hell yeah you, you, you left that motherfucker <laughs> yeah, you just wanna why did you wanna get out just it, so just, oh yeah to get out yeah, yeah. Maybe try to escape it
0: 's like the sopranos when mm. Junior would just apply for every funeral that yeah, came around, so no you matter just what go out and chill. Mm-hmm. David Verney was found dead in his cell at Cazarina Prison on seven October two thousand five at four thirty a m He was fifty four years old. An inquest found that he had hanged himself from an air vent using a length of cord. Various factors led to a suicide, failure to provide him with his antidepressants had exacerbated his depression. Mm. His computer had been confiscated, and he was suspected of sexually assaulting another prisoner. He was described by a former prison officer as a model prisoner who looked after injured animals. Catherine was not allowed to attend his funeral. Catherine Burney is still in prison in Vandyup Women's Prison. Since being incarcerated, she has worked as a prison librarian and appeared in a prison production of Nonsense. In 2007, her parole application was rejected, and the then-Attorney General of Western Australia, Jim McGinty, said that her release was unlikely while he remained in office. Yeah, bro. Her case was to be reviewed again in January 2010. However, on March 14, 2009, new Western Australia Attorney General Christian Porter, following requests from victim families, determined she would stay in jail for life. Mm-hmm. This decision makes her the third Australian woman to have her papers marked NEVER BE RELEASED. Her appeal of this decision was turned down in March 2010. Her fourth bid for parole was declined in 2016. Also in 2016, the Bernie's final victim who survived began a campaign to end Western Australia laws that automatically put convicts up for parole every three years. In 2017, Catherine, Bernie's youngest son Peter, called for her execution. He has stated that his association with his mother has resulted in him being assaulted, and he support Moore's campaign to stop the automatic parole application. So,
1: the son got his ass beat because of
0: Because of knowing the mom,
1: yeah. Oh, that's gotta be bad. He ain't had nothing to do with what his mama was doing, bro. No,
0: no. So, did the Bernies get justice? One of them's still in jail. The other one hanged himself. They uh, were never going to be fixed.
1: And Australia ain't playing. Australia's not playing. America would have let her out
0: would have said oh she's rehabilitated yeah, exactly, bro. she can go be on a yeah. reality tv show now yeah
1: <laughs> she'd have been accepted in our society yeah well australia was like Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and which is right you don't want nobody else to get that urge there's a to... lot of
0: crimes you can be rehabilitated for mm-hmm. and pay your debt to society but kidnap rape murder torture is not yeah. any of them
1: because yeah. even criminals got a code Heck yeah. But the real ones,
0: the real G's, the,
1: the ones to be like, hey, no women, no children.
0: Yeah, those are the probably ones, probably the ones that were raping and beating up old boy in prison.
1: Yeah, the ones that got coats need to have a coat, bro. Yeah,
0: that's why they had to move them to the death row cells. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the uh, horror house of horror number three, Morehouse Street. Did you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. I thought it was gonna be more horror houses, but it was, was
0: more. Oh, you thought it was gonna be like clowns jumping yeah, out and the- stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Freak shows. Listen, everybody, that's uh another Australian. You know, mm. I've been seeing our numbers go up out there. So,
1: is Aussie a derogatory term for Australians? Absolutely not. Okay, I'm oh, gonna say yes. Nope. Aussies,
0: they love it. In fact, the Aussie rules footy is their uh, that's their sport down there.
1: You right? Because I think they even got like a shampoo.
0: Yeah, it's got a little kangaroo. Yeah. It's probably not made in Australia, mm, like okay. Foster's. You know. Yeah. Fosters, Australian <laughs> for, for beer. beer. Yeah, that's Foster's brutal.
1: For, and that's not made out there?
0: I don't think so. I know they don't drink it, at least.
1: Like, I don't even know any they advertise. Yeah.
0: For it's us. just for Crocodile Dundee's, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, have a good Easter. Mm-hmm. We do love you. My name How has been you? Adam. That there's you. been H-Bomb Herschel. Thanks for coming over. And uh, <laughs> you, go rest your voice.
1: Yeah, but next time, oh, we're we'll kill it.
0: Of... We're going to kill it next time on the adventures of. <laughs>
1: the Bubble butt Podcast.
0: X. 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 X, 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 X. Bye.